1: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent
2: Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Sask Ag Today with your host, Ryan Young.
0: Hello, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, a leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's show, another day, another debate on Bill 234 in the Senate, and yet another delay. We'll go through the highlights of last night's debate in the upper chamber. Some reaction to the provincial government's mid-year financial report from a Saskatchewan cattle group. And Stats Canada released data on farm finances, and we'll hear analysis from the chief agricultural editor for saskagtoday.com, Kevin Hirsch. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
2: This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. Saskag
0: Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. Senators voted down an amendment that had been introduced as part of Bill C-234 yesterday, but last night featured more debate on the bill in its original form. If passed, it would give farmers an exemption on the carbon tax when they use natural gas or propane to dry grain and heat barns. Senator Pierre Delfon wanted another change, so there would be no exemption from the carbon tax for natural gas and propane used to heat barns.
3: Some amendment will maintain the financial incentive to reduce emissions from raising livestock in barns by investing in alternative or efficient barn heating or cooling an option available right now. In the bigger picture, this amendment will also discourage other sectors from seeking to exempt their economic activities that involve heating buildings, such as meat processing plants, fruit warehouses, food distribution centers, and so on, most likely through other private member's bill. We know that if this exemption is granted, we're going to have people knocking on this door, the week after.
0: Senator Donald Plett wanted to know how many votes they would have to take on the same amendment to exclude heating barns from the carbon tax.
4: We voted on this very, very, very same amendment. And I'm sure if I would use that as a point of order, Senator Delpho may find a comma that is different in his than it was in the others. So I won't raise a point of order on that, Madam Speaker, although I firmly believe that that an argument could be made for a point of order that this very same amendment was dealt with in this chamber. Senator Delfon moved this amendment in committee and then we voted on the committee report that had that amendment in it. And this chamber decided to reject that amendment by rejecting the committee report. I don't know how we could be any clearer than that.
0: Saskatchewan Senator Brent Cotter says he supports climate change policies, but also supports the bill in its original form because he says farmers in Western Canada are committed to the environment.
5: In my province, there's a remarkable partnership between the federal and provincial governments, farmers, agriculture producers, innovators, business leaders, and universities to advance agriculture in sustainable ways. A magical combination of partners to produce better results for farmers, less burdensome treatments of the soil, and returning carbon to the soil.
0: However, Senator Pierrette-Ringuette says the bill would put farmers in a bad position with trading partners.
6: Because Canada will not be able, in a trade
0: agreement, to differentiate what is happening in the farms in Quebec and what is happening in the farms in BC. That situation is not there. If you do not not believe that, honestly, you're dreaming in technical. There is no way our trading partners will accept our entire agriculture economic sector not being part of carbon emission and carbon pricing. I can just imagine the retaliation. Debate is supposed to resume at the next sitting. You're listening to Sask Egg Today on 620 CKRM. Coming up next is reaction to the provincial government's mid-year financial report from the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association.
2: We're back with Sask Egg Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
0: Welcome back to the program. The CEO of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association says he's not surprised by the provincial government having to pay a lot of crop insurance claims. Grant McClellan was commenting on the Sask Party government's mid-year financial report that showed a $250.5 million deficit, a stark contrast from the more than $1 billion surplus reported earlier this year. A major factor pulling the finances in the red was the increase in agriculture expenses by $853 million due to the rise in crop insurance claims and other programs as a result of severe drought in parts of the province this summer.
1: We know that programs that are cost-shared between producers and government, they are designed to kick in in situations where drought is severe or severe enough uh, that producers find themselves in a claim position. So I would say that we're not surprised uh, certainly based on our activity this uh, this year, that the government is paying out crop insurance claims and, and a number of other things, including agri-recovery. Uh, certainly we're not surprised that they're drawing on those programs.
0: Finance Minister Donna Harpower said the drought was unforeseen, resulting in crop production dropping by 20%. McClellan also thought it was unforeseen.
1: It's definitely unforeseen in a number of areas, for the drought to have continued on in the way that it has over the past number of years, um, you know, outside of uh, regular rainfall levels. And, and I think I would say our producers anticipate as well, earlier in the year, there was a lot of optimism uh, that uh, moisture levels were going to get back to a point that was certainly usable or, or reasonable. And, but it calls into question, you know, how likely are these droughts to continue Certainly, we hope they don't. But, uh, yeah, I don't think anyone can predict the weather uh, as far back as as March or February when the province is releasing their budget.
0: This does give McClellan flashbacks of the government's response to the 2021 drought.
1: Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, the comments, uh, obviously, from the finance minister are very similar to what happened in 2021. The payout for crop insurance was even larger that year Uh, we know these payments um, and the premiums that uh, go into crop insurance have been paid and set aside by the province so we do appreciate these programs are there and they work you know as best as we expect them to Um, and certainly we expect them to make payments when there's a drought but uh, it's it's disappointing and discouraging of course that we continue to be faced with these type of weather situations um, I think we'd all appreciate some moisture in the province in the coming months and years ahead.
0: Harpower also told reporters in Monday's news conference that droughts don't last forever and hopes will return to a more average year or a good year. McClellan hopes for the same thing.
1: That is certainly the uh, comments that I hear from my producers it is, It would sure be nice if we could get some moisture in. And uh, we certainly don't want to lean on the government for programs like this when conditions improve. Our producers very much appreciate years where they do not have to draw down on crop insurance or egg recovery. Uh, I think we'd all prefer not to have those types of programs be utilized. I think we'd like a bit of rain and, and a good year.
0: Minister Harpower reassured farmers that it is not their fault for the current state of the province's finances and explained that the money used in these support programs must be recorded as an expense. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up on the other side of the break is today's Ag Review.
2: You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
0: Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integ Retire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integretire dealers, and My Grain Exchange. Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions.
6: Fund traders were actively covering bearish bets in canola during the weekend at November 21st, buying back some previously placed short positions. That's according to the latest Commitments of Traders report from the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission. The report was delayed due to the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday. As of November 21st, the net managed money short position in Ice Canola Futures came in at 87,007, down about 11,000 from the previous week. Open interest in the canola market came in at 265,295 contracts, down by 13,291 on the week. At the Chicago Board of Trade, fund traders liquidated some of their large net long position in soybeans, taking it to roughly 85,800 contracts from 95,300 the previous week. Green lentil bids in Western Canada are trading at their highest levels of the past year, with solid new crop pricing opportunities already becoming available. Spot bids for large green lentils can currently be found in the 60 to 72 cents per pound area, according to Prairie Egg Hotwire data, with new crop contracts hitting 50 cents in some areas. Pulse merchant David Nobbs of Purely Canada in Saskatchewan says solid end-user demand, coupled with a lack of significant farmer-selling interest, was behind much of the strength in green lentils, with weakness in the Canadian dollar also supportive. Red lentil prices have failed to see the same strength as green lentils, with current bids in the 36 cents per pound area after hitting 41 cents earlier in the fall knobs notes significant demand from india but that was not translating into higher canadian prices as australia had a large crop providing competition u.s authorities have lifted an order that required sows from one manitoba assembly yard to be certified free of seneca valley virus before crossing the border the u.s department of agriculture confirmed canada in the second last week of november had now met protocol conditions for Seneca Valley Virus and has lifted the health certificate requirement. Earlier this year, the U.S. started requiring a veterinary export certificate for cull sows from one Manitoba assembly yard following a rise in Seneca Valley Virus cases at U.S. packing plants. Seneca Valley Virus does not have serious veterinary implications but it shares symptoms with much more worrisome illnesses like foot and mouth disease. If animals arrive at processing sites with these symptoms, an investigation is triggered to rule out the weightier diseases. Two Minnesota men have been rescheduled for sentencing after pleading guilty in connection with an organics crop conspiracy to sell $46 million in non-GMO corn and soybeans as organic. Yesterday, the sentencing was rescheduled for December 14th at two separate times. James Clayton Wolfe and his nephew Adam Clifford Olson originally were scheduled for sentencing at the end of October before the court abruptly canceled. The indictment alleges Wolf grew conventionally farmed crops using chemical fertilizers and pesticides, which would be in violation of organic farming standards. Olson was later added to the indictment for his alleged role in the scheme. Organic crops are grown without the use of GMOs or chemicals, and farmers are required to follow strict protocols when it comes to planting, fertilizing, harvesting, storage and transportation of the crops labeled as organic. Farmers in Gaza are taking advantage of the truce between Israel and Hamas to harvest what was left of their olives after weeks of fighting during which they dared not to go to their lands for fear of getting killed. In a normal year the harvest would have started weeks earlier, But until the truce, farmers were afraid of being mistaken for Hamas militants and targeted by Israeli forces if they ventured out into the olive groves. Some lands were also damaged by fighting or the passage of military vehicles, while some farmers were displaced from their homes and unable to get back to their groves. Normally they would harvest enough olives to fill 12 containers, but this year they would fill just one. There were other problems linked to the war, such as a lack of fuel to transport the olives to the nearest press. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Faulkner.
2: It's your SaskAg Today Weather on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
0: I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, what's the forecast going to be looking like for today and beyond?
7: Well, today looking just fine for us. Uh, Watching a little batch of moisture sitting uh, well off to our north, not a big factor. It's uh, likely staying north of Saskatoon as it drops a little farther southward and gets closer. We'll get some cloudiness from it coming in. There's a very weak trough. No major weather systems, just a little bit of a disturbance, enough to be producing some of these showers. Well, get down here to us. There may be a flurry in the air. I'm keeping it pegged at uh, 20% through the night, through the early part of the day tomorrow. But uh, nothing of any consequence will uh, result from this. Temperature for this afternoon under a pretty sunny sky, much of the time, up in positive territory. We've come uh, through the negative numbers in the morning, one or two degrees for the afternoon. Partly cloudy tonight, we'll drop off to minus eight, and tomorrow it is a touch cooler. There's a, a slight cool down behind that system. Just like the system itself, not a major one. We're still above normal at minus three, but the wind will likely pick up a bit through the afternoon and then drop back off tomorrow night. But with the clear sky, with the lighter wind, minus 12 is the low tomorrow night. Seems colder when you drop that many degrees from from tonight, but I will note again, still above uh, normal, normal low minus 15. Friday, partly to mostly sunny sky, minus three is the high, minus one on Saturday, we're at minus two on Sunday. There is a lot of mixing of cloud cover with uh, many of these days, not a lot of precipitation falling from those clouds. Keeping uh, mainly Friday night into early Saturday, about a 20% chance of a flurry. Sunday afternoon, that slight chance is there again, but most of the time it's dry, and temperatures are holding just below the freezing marks for the weekend. By Monday, and into the middle of next week, we are back above zero. In fact, could be into the mid-single numbers for a few days next week.
0: Normal highs for this period are around minus 5 degrees, normal lows minus 16. Sun rose at 834 this morning, and the sun will set at 459. Taking a look around the province, in Estevan 3 degrees, Swift Current minus 1, Saskatoon is at 0, Weyburn and Yorkton are at 2 degrees. The warm spot in the province is in Moose Jaw at 3.6, the cool spot in Collins Bay at minus 16.1. In Regina, it's mainly sunny sky, not cloud out cloud out there, northwest wind at 26 to 36 kilometers an hour, humidity at 68%. Temperature 2 degrees or around 36 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 100.9 and rising. In Moose Jaw, sunny sky, west wind at uh, 28 to 37 kilometers an hour, temperature 4 degrees. Again in Regina, mainly sunny, northwest wind at 26 to 36 kilometers an hour, temperature 2 degrees. Back in a moment.
2: Catch up with all your egg news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
0: This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalauction.com. And Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter, Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Statistics Canada has just released a large amount of farm financial data. SaskAgToday.com's chief agricultural editor, Kevin Hirsch, has this analysis of the numbers.
4: Most of the StatsCan data is up until the end of 2022 and covers income, expenses, government support payments, and farm debt. It's a blizzard of numbers, but here are some key takeaways. Of all the provinces, total net income for 2022 was highest in Saskatchewan at $9.2 billion. Total net income includes depreciation expense as well as value of inventory change. After Saskatchewan, 9.2 billion the next highest provinces are alberta at 6 billion followed by manitoba at 3 billion farm debt continues to increase back in 2015 saskatchewan farm debt outstanding was 12.8 billion dollars at the end of 2022 saskatchewan farmers owed 20.4 billion but that was less than the farm debt in ontario alberta and quebec Meanwhile, the value of farm capital has rapidly increased. In Saskatchewan, the total value of farm capital in 2022 is pegged at $145 billion, with $123 billion of that being farmland and buildings. For SaskAng today, I'm Kevin Hirsch.
0: Coming up next, we'll have a market analyst provide his take on the current events from around the world. You're listening to Sask Ag today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
2: You're tuned in to Sask Ag today on your Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
0: This segment of SASGAG today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. The world is in a state of uncertainty. War, supply chain challenges, protectionism, and severe weather events are impacting food security around the world. Stephen Nicholson is Rabobank's global sector strategist for grains and oilseeds. He says it is a difficult adjustment following the relatively stable period that arose from the end of the Cold War and the fall of the Berlin Wall in
5: 1989. We've kind of had 30 years, and and I think the best way to put it is sort of peace and prosperity around the globe. And we lifted a lot of people out of poverty or hunger issues. And now you think back before the wall fall and think about, you know, we had the war in Vietnam. We had conflicts in the Middle East at the time. We had oil embargoes and, you know, civil rights movements and all sorts of upheaval. And we're kind of back to that time again. And I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten that. But this is more normal than what we went through the last 30 years.
0: Nicholson talks about Rabobank's projection for seeded area next spring in Western
5: Canada. I think we'll see a little bit of a decline in wheat acres. It's going to be really depending upon the margins, obviously. But we are concerned about wheat margins are going to get squeezed further than canola margins, and this is kind of an oilseed complex phenomenon. Is that the oilseed complex is very strong? Part of this because of biofuels, and then you start to look around Saskatchewan and you think about all the new crushing plants that are coming across the Prairie provinces, and those are going to, you know, you're going to start to see more of that pressure if you have or that buying need uh, in 24 so i think that that will coax a few more acres into canola going forward but you know there are challenges with that as well depending on the rotation you have and all the pieces like that
0: nicholson is anticipating better times ahead for wheat prices even though they have been very disappointing to date
5: because Russia is willing to move grain onto the market at very, very cheap prices, and the big importers are willing to do business with them despite everything that's happened. So I think you know Canada is in a good position to move when it's available, and I think the wheat market, as we get into the second half of the crop here, will become tighter, particularly for milling quality wheat, and that, that will be a good thing for the Canadian market because they're gonna have the ability to move it and have that grain available to move to customers in the future.
0: Nicholson is one of the feature speakers today at the Grow Canada Conference in Calgary. You're listening to SaskAg today on 620 CKRM. Coming up next is today's market update.
2: Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
0: Grain prices at Viterra were mostly up in early trading today. Canola is up $2.90 at six or rather down, I should say, getting my numbers mixed up here. Two dollars ninety cents at six fifty five forty two. Number one red spring wheat is up four dollars and eleven cents at three twenty forty-one. The rest were unchanged. Durham at four hundred seventy oh five, feed barley two sixty-two fifty-eight, chickpeas eleven sixty-eight forty-four, flax six twenty-one oh four, lentils seven ninety-seven fifty, oats two ninety-six thirty two. Yellow peas 37619 and feed wheat 23546. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is down a couple of cents at $6.92.5 a bushel. Coming up next is today's livestock report.
2: The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
0: Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Wayburn Livestock Exchange. Call Wayburn Livestock at eight four two forty five seventy four. Now, here are the latest livestock quotes.
3: This is the micro report for the Assiniboia Livestock Auction for the week of November twenty fourth. Steer calves, three to four hundred pounds, average three dollars and eighty three cents, and sold up to four forty seven. 450-pound steers average $4.29, sold up to $4.50. 450-pound 450 steers average $4.02, sold up to $4.47. 500 to 550-pound steers average $3.96, sold up to $4.18. And 550 to 600-pound steers average $3.69, sold up to $3.95. And 650 to, or 600 to 650-pound steers average $3.58, sold up to $3.78. And heifers were sixty to cents to a dollar back from the steers, depending on weight. But that doesn't seem to stop all the little, uh, hundred and fifty to two hundred pound calves from being shipped. I've never seen so many of those little guys in one fall. Now cull cows, cows, cows everywhere, and no one seems to want to hold them until January when prices go up. For example, Brooks Livestock has had two thousand cull cows to sell for five weeks in a row. Other markets a thousand to sixteen hundred head. Week after week, does that affect the price? Of course it does. One buyer told me at one sale, he bought 14 liner loads of of cows and the last load averaged 10 cents a pound less than the first load the same day. It's called lump and dump. It will be different in January and February. This has been Roy Rutledge reporting from the High Dollar Market.
0: The latest pork prices are at $178.84 per ckg. Coming up next, the Resource Report.
2: It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. The
0: Saskatchewan Water Security Agency says many parts of the province are going into the winter dry. The agency says lots of snow would be needed, especially in the southwest. It says it's concerned surface water could be low in the southwest region next spring should it not get lots of precipitation. The agency says reservoirs in other regions except for Lake Diefenbaker are expected to be at normal level in the spring. The global economy is expected to slow next year under the strain of wars, still elevated inflation and continued high interest rates. The Paris-based Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development estimates international growth will decline to 2.7% in 2024 from an expected 2.9% pace this year. That would amount to the slowest growth since the pandemic year of 2020. A key factor is that the OECD expects the world's two biggest economies, the United States and China, to slow down next year. Turning over to the markets, the TSX is up 63 points at 20099 The Dow is up 98 points to 35515 Oil is up $1.19 at $77.60 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at $73.60 US. And that's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the On Demand SASGAG Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit gowancanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Wednesday's edition of Sask Egg Today. I'm Ryan
1: Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.